Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to episode 85 of season four. We're trying to figure out a secret in the story in Luke chapter four of why the people from Jesus's hometown, that is Nazareth, when he reminded them of two stories, one, the widow of Zarephath, we talked about her yesterday, and then the today, a story about Naaman, who's from Syria, after he reminded them of these two Old Testament stories, you get to verse 28, Luke chapter 4, verse 28. When they heard these things, these stories, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath, and they rose up and drove him, drove him out of the town, Nazareth, and brought him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so they could throw him down the cliff. So there's something in the story of Naaman, a secret in there, that makes these people want to kill Jesus. This is all, the story is in 2 Kings chapter 5. It's one of my favorite Old Testament stories. And we have this great man, a mighty man of valor, except the problem is he's from Syria, which is one of Israel's arch enemies. In fact, he was the, the general in charge of conquering Israel. So he's a mighty man of valor, which the Lord uses. It says the Lord used it. So let me just read three verses. This is from 2 Kings chapter 5. Look it up. Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and in high favor. Because by him, the Lord, that is our Lord, had given victory to Syria. He was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. Now the Syrians, on one of their raids, had carried off a little girl from the land of Israel, and she worked in the service of Naaman's wife. And she said to her mistress, Would that my lord, that is Naaman, were with the prophet, that is Elisha, who is in Samaria. He would cure him of his leprosy. So we find this, this great man from a bad country, He's brave. He's charge of the army. He's number one general of the army. He must be very good because even though he had leprosy, still he led these people. He worked for their enemies, and he was powerful and successful. And he did not like the way that God offered him forgiveness and the way that God offered him uh, purity. So he goes... He hears this word from this little girl. It's this this little servant girl who goes to her, the chain of command goes to Naaman's wife and then to Naaman, and Naaman goes to his king uh, of Syria. The king of Syria sends a letter to the king of Israel, who's uh, one of the worst kings Israel's ever had, that is uh, Ahab. He thinks they're coming to treachery and going to come conquer him. And he passes the book to Elisha, and that's where the story starts. So the Na- Naaman goes to Elisha. He comes in his uh, chariots and his tanks, if you will, of the modern day. And Naaman, and Naaman finds that uh, Elisha doesn't even come out. And he just sends words, go wash in um, the Jordan River seven times. And, of course, Naaman doesn't like it. Naaman, that's not the way Naaman uh, wanted to be healed. He wanted him to 
come out. He actually tells him he wants him to come out and lay hands on him, wave his hands around a bit, and poof, have his leprosy go away. And so he acts with rage. It says, couldn't I go walk, wash in the rivers of Damascus in my own country better than all the waters of Israel? And he slams Israel there. Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned away and went away in a rage. So his first reaction, and I love this, Naaman's reaction to this encounter with the Lord is rage. And of interest, the, the reaction of the Nazareans to the revelation of Jesus is similar. It's wrath. Their reaction is wrath, and they try to kill Jesus. Now, the story with Naaman ends happily. Naaman turns, his pride, you know, get, gets turned, and uh, he eventually yields, and he gets washed, and he gets healed, and then he yields, and he, and he recognizes the God of Israel. So what's unpalatable? What's the secret in the story? First of all, that this is Syria, that he's using people outside of Israel. I don't like that. And worse, he's using them against Israel. He's the guy. He's the number one general that defeats Israel and captures his people and captures this little girl. So I don't like that if I'm the Nazareans. It reminds me of a bad moment when Ahab, one of the worst kings of Israel ever, and that they were conquerable. And this upside-down, decentralized religiosity where this young female captive servant girl becomes, you know, main in the story and her bravery and everything, rather than religious leaders and structures. So it's all upside down. And then another unpalatable thing is that Naaman responds wrongly. He brings money to buy this healing, and he gets anger and rageful uh, when he hears this, this way that Elijah is acting towards him. So what's palatable about it? What's attractive? Well, Naaman, his need, one of, who of us is not a leper in some physical or emotional or spiritual way? Who hasn't acted in a futile way towards, towards God? I, I think the, the little girl is so palatable. I think we need to schedule a lunch meeting with her in heaven. And then the the thing that's really revealing is that God is outside the box. He's outside of our expectations. He's outside of Naaman's expectations, and he's outside of the expectations of those people in Nazareth. Um, he comes in ways that we don't expect. He comes with people that we don't expect. He comes in ways that, frankly, we don't want to be ministered to. The people of Nazareth, they wanted to have a parade, declare Jesus as their native son, have him do special miracles for for him, and then Jesus doesn't do any of that. He says, hey, remember back this, this guy who you hated from Assyria, who was very prideful and also reacted like you did, which is going to be angry, but then he turns and he, his rage. So here's my final thought for the day. If when you hear things about God, and you react with rage or wrath, rage being Naaman, or wrath being the Nazareans, that's probably a pretty good marker that God is near. Think about that. Thanks for listening.